Whether you have a diagnosis or not, I don't care. I'll teach you how to find what's causing your health concerns using the labs you already have. Your doctor might tell you your blood work is normal, but I'm here to teach you a better way. If you're a doctor or a health coach and anything in between, there's one for you too. Go grab your free blood work and supplement sheet guide so you can learn how to read your labs yourself. Plus, come join me for the free three-day live what your normal labs really tell you challenge every fourth week of the month with the last one in May. Download your cheat guides and register here at drkylieburton.com. This podcast is sponsored by Systemic Formulas and Nutribiome. Systemic Formulas, the supplement company I trust with my patients and family. In fact, when I discovered Systemic Formulas, not only did my patients get faster results, but it made my life easier too. Instead of ordering from a handful of companies, I use 95% SF products. They're top of the line quality with the best lab west of the Mississippi. They're pure, potent, and they get results. In fact, I recommend you follow their Instagram at Systemic Formulas Institute. Jump inside their Facebook group and put my name into the search bar. You'll discover multiple videos of me teaching you labs, products, and even business tools. Everybody can join the Instagram, but practitioners, the Facebook group is just for you. Also, the man who's behind the Systemic Formulas products, Dr. Shane Morris, is launching a new line of supplements designed to take your microbiome to the next level. And it's not just probiotics. He has specific prebiotics designed to feed the probiotics. Oh, and anybody can order them too. Learn more and order soon at mybiome.com. M-Y-B-Y-O-M-E.com. And last but not least, are you a practitioner looking to improve your online presence, but it's overwhelming thinking about building a website, connecting it to a funnel, and then having it all actually make money? Let Tara help you take your dream and make it a reality. She's been the driving force behind my entire website and mastermind, my entire online business. Tara can help you build yours too. She's got brand new packages designed to help you grow your business and future-proof it. With over 20 years of experience in the online business consulting and website mastery world, she's your girl. Go check her out at TaraConsultingInc.com. That's T-E-R-R-A-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G-I-N-C.com. All right, let's jump into the episode. Welcome to the Beyond the Diagnosis podcast. We are in season four, over 100 episodes in. Today's guest is Nellie. Nellie is a mom, just like most of us in general, who has figured out ways to help kids have a strong foundation despite the chaotic world around them. So if you're a mom, whether you have 22-year-olds or like me, a four-year-old, this is for you. Thanks for joining us, Nellie. Oh, thank you so much for having me on here. It's a pleasure. Nellie comes from North Carolina, over there on the East Coast of the U.S. I am here in Utah, so of course, Zoom works miracles as we all (laughs) use Zoom now. Even though most of us were using it before Zoom was cool and required to daily life. Um, So Nellie, give us a little bit of of your background and how you came up with this concept of 6570. Okay, 
Uh, uh, so I uh, come from a biology psychology background. I actually started off working with um, sea mammals. I was a marine mammologist, and so I that's what I was. And now you're. And yes, there's the transition to life. <laughs> there's not as much difference between humpbacks and humans as you might realize when it comes to behavior. It's kind of funny. But anyway, so yes, I, st- I studied humpbacks and different marine animals. And I really stayed in that until, you know, uh, as, as life, like you're saying, uh, happens it, you know, I didn't plan. I have air quotes on meeting my husband until later in life, but I met him when I was 18 and then we got married at 22 and he's a nine to five Monday through Friday computer guy, you know? And I'm like, Hmm. Okay. So these adventures on the high seas and all of this, we're going to have to rethink this whole thing. And, and I did some amazing things and I loved what I did. I ended up doing zoo work, uh, veterinary work and all the things, but I retired from all of it. And lo and behold, and I think you can probably appreciate this in many of your listeners too, uh, that we, my husband had, well, we didn't know we had it yet in his family. He had a family history of a congenital heart condition that he, his family uh, members had either passed away from, or they had open heart surgery from, or they had defibrillator or um, pacemakers from all these things. And so before we had kids, we were like, oh, well, let's get tested and make sure. And sure enough, the the labs came back normal. Right. And we're like, okay. And so, uh, we ended up having all of our brood of children. We have four kids and we had them in four and a half years after going through a, yes, after going through a, um, (laughs) a, a bout of infertility, uh, you wouldn't have guessed, you know, we went through not thinking we'd be able to have any, and then we had four and four and a half years and we were like, what? But then my husband just comes downstairs one night. We had just moved to a new neighborhood. We didn't know the neighbors. We had our middle to our twins and we just put everyone down and he comes down. He's like, so I think I'm going to go to the hospital. And I was like, excuse me, what? (laughs) He's like, I think I'm going to go to the emergency room. And he's so calm. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, we are not these, you know, this person that just goes to the emergency room. I don't think I've ever been there um, at that point. But anyway, uh, turns out his heart was completely out of whack and they he went into ICU and it just started this whole trajectory of things. And he did have that condition that they said he didn't have. And it was triggered, uh, we found out later, by some over-the-counter uh, ginkgo that he had. Just somebody at work's like, hey, this is great for memory, whatever. And it had some stimulants in it, just like over-the-counter, Walgreens, whatever. And it triggered his heart condition. And it just was that one thing that was enough to send it over the edge to activate what happened. And can we, can uh, we pause on that just for a minute? Yes, please. Because so many people are just taking supplements. Yes. And not understanding the full complexity of what they're taking. And I always want to do a podcast episode on this, and it's going to be called Beware of Your Liver. Mm-hmm. Because your liver has to process all of these things, even though they're natural, it's still something that has to go through your GI tract and get into your bloodstream and utilize and work and do its thing and then get out. Yeah. And our livers are overburdened. So next time you're going to just grab a supplement off of the shelf, you might want to think twice. Absolutely. This was just something like, he's like, oh, I picked this up on the way home, you know, from, I don't know, it was Walgreens, CVS, pick your drugstore. And, and it was just over the counter. And sure enough, like most of those things, uh, the label didn't accurately describe what was in it. And, and we went back and forth and, and found out that there was some stimulants in it. Some, I don't know if it was 
caffeine or something in there, but uh, high doses and it triggered his heart. And um, so we went through, uh, let's see, that was in 2008. Finally, in 2010, he ended up having heart surgery. So all that time, you know, I'm sitting in a waiting room then because our fourth kid was actually born within that time. And I'm sitting in the waiting room and my husband's in surgery. We don't know if he's going to make it. It's an experimental surgery at that point. And I had four kids, four and under. And I'm like, what the what? Like, uh, is this is this it? Like, is this what it's going to be? And my dad passed away when I was really young. I lost my dad at one and a half. And so I didn't want that for my kids. And it was a very eye-opening, life-opening moment. And because I had lost my dad so early, I've always kind of like growing up, I had this carpe diem, you know, type mentality. But then four kids in four years, I go into survival type mentality, right? Yes. Um, I feel like I'm there. I only have two kids. Okay. Yes. So yeah, I'm like, did everyone survive? Did I feed everyone? Did I skip someone? Like, is, is there a rash anywhere? Like you just go through all the checklists, you know? When was the last time there was a bath on all of these, you know? <laughs> and especially so, twins. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, thank goodness. They're blonde and brunette. So I was able to like, okay, like I was able to distinguish them no, which like, one was which? <laughs> from day one. Yes. But it really awoke, uh, awoke something within us. My husband is still here. He is good. We started really going on a path of healing after that in every way possible. But it really awoke us to wait a second. We have, or reawoke me, awoke him to, we have very limited time here. So what do we actually want to do with this time, right? Like, yes, our life has limited time, but as a family, we have limited time. And you asked about the 6570, that's 6,570 days or how many days are in 18 years. That is our road. That is our path. That is the runway to adulthood. And that is our training zone as parents. And so I call parents family architects because we are literally planning, designing, and overseeing the building of the beginning of someone else's life, right? And what they use and what they get from this beginning is put on autopilot for the rest of their life. And if they want to change that, it takes a lot of hard work. And so I wanted to be very intentional within this 6570 time frame to make sure that what we are putting into the cement, into their foundation of life, they would be able to lean on, launch from, and stand on later on and not have to work through in order to get what they want, right? It would aid them in getting what they what they want, desire, and can fulfill later on. And their unique selves, everyone is so unique. Every family is so unique. And so that's really where Uh, we started having these ideas of, okay, we have, what do we want them to take out of childhood? What do we want to take out of childhood, right? Out of their childhood, out of our parenthood experience, because this is 18 years of our life too. And that's nothing to just sneer at, right? We aren't just servants and slaves to the child during this time. We are, we are gaining life experience and, and time within this parenthood journey as well. And so really working together as a family, really understanding our role as parents, as guides, as trainers to in their 65, 70, like I said, runway to adulthood. And, you know, it's not like I was making them wear, you know, business suits at two years old or anything like that. That's not what I'm talking about at all. But what I am saying is that 
I, I would talk to them, right? We really, really have always worked on communication. My kids now are between 12 and 16. Uh, so 12, 14, 14, 16. And it's, I mean, it's a lot. And I am so grateful that we did take all of that time with intentionality when they were younger in order to make sure that we had really good communication pathways. And we still work on it now because, I mean, I don't know, you have, you have two kids. How old are your kids? Four and 18 months old. Okay. So I don't know if you get this, but I know when I did, especially having four and four uh, years, four and a half years, they were like, you just wait until they're teenagers. You're going to die. It's going to be horrible. Like, I'm like, I'm sitting there with all these babies. I'm like, really? Really? That's what you're going to say to me right now? Like, why is that? Why are you choosing that to be like a positive, uh, funny thing? Like, it's not funny to, for, to tell me, oh, your life is going to be miserable later on. Like, that's not cool. And I just refused to take on that mentality and that mindset. I said, no, I'm building things right now. I will continue to build things later. So that those years are going to be amazing for those years. I'm going to love when they're four and I'm going to love when they're 14. And it's not to say by any means that every day is rainbows and unicorns because it's not. In fact, there's points of every day that is not rainbows and unicorns. But we've developed the skills and the tactics and the mindsets and the communication in order to get through those instead of having them block us in growing our relationship and family. But that is where the 6570 is and where that all came from. I love that. There was one thing that I saw on Instagram a while back of, of social media of something that said, we only get 18 summers with our kids. Yes. Use them wisely. Yes. And it hit home. It was 18. That's not that many. Yeah. So for me and and, and every aspect, every business decision I ever make. It's family first. Mm-hmm. I've got to be able to be flexible with my time. And if I can work more January through March or January through May, I'm going to, then I'm going to take the summers off with my kids and have more of some downtime because I only get 18 18 of them. So I love that whole concept of 6570. You only have 6,570 days until they are 18. Yes. And I encourage you quantify to it like that. It's yeah, it's pretty eye-opening. Like right to the heart. <laughs> I encourage you, you can just go over to, you know, your computer, or if you have one of the, you know, robotic voices that sound in your home, like I do, uh, you could just go over to them and say, how many days has it been since fill in their birth date? And they'll tell you, I just passed, it was maybe a month or two ago. We just passed day 6,000 for my oldest. And I just, I don't, check every day by any means. And I I hadn't checked in probably, I don't know, like six, seven months. And I I was like, oh, hey, just for, you know, giggles, I'm going to see what day they're on. And it was the 6,000th day for my oldest. And I was like, oh my goodness, we're on day 6,000. How did we get to day 6,000 already? Oh, you know, and it was pretty eye-opening. I went into her room and I was like, hey, so just so you know, you're on day 6,000 of this crazy life journey right now. And she's like, oh, and she comes, she gets dressed and comes downstairs for school. She's my, I homeschool my other three. Uh, but a couple of years ago, she going into high school, went into uh, the, into a different school. But anyway, she comes downstairs. She was getting ready for school. She's like, hey, I dressed up for day 6,000. <laughs> it was pretty funny. And let's jump back to the, the idea of we are just told that teenage years suck. Mm. And you and I are the same. I refuse to believe that as well. 
And there was a commercial a while back. I remember seeing, I don't even remember what who was sponsoring the commercial, but it was about a little girl wanted to go out and roller skate with her mom in the driveway and on the sidewalk and stuff. And her mom kept giving her all these excuses on why she couldn't go out there right now. Just give her five minutes, give her 10 minutes, whatever it is. The mom and the little girl finally like puts her hands on her hips and says, mom, when I'm 14 years old and my hormones are crazy and my head, my emotions are all over the place. It is very important that you and I have a relationship and it goes off. And it's like, it's true. Yes. You can do set the foundation now so that teenage years, yeah, there are hormones and things that are in place, but they don't have to be rough. They can be learning experience experiences, just like having four kids under four are. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I have four daughters. So the hormones are, oh, they're, they are real. I will say that they are real. And all of a sudden, sometimes my husband and I just like look at each other from across the room and we're like, are we really having this discussion? Like, is this really the point of our, like, uh, the drama this evening? Is it how many, you know, if they had a piece of chocolate or not. I don't know. It was just so random. And it's just like, you know, you see those things on social media sometimes uh, where it's like my toddler cried today because of, and it live, you know, lists these completely inane and funny reasons and all everyone can relate to them. Like, oh, I remember when my, you know, toddler cried because they couldn't have a stick of butter or something like that. And, uh, but I feel like there could be one for the teen years too. And the words, because of that, the word teenager uh, is not allowed in our home. Not like, you know, it's not like you can't use that word or anything, but we call them young adults because especially in these teenage years, they're literally preparing to go into adulthood. And so if the stigma that's around, oh, there's such a teenager. Oh, well, that's what teenagers do and all of this. And it's this uh, it's this excuse enabling factory that culture and society has been able to give them. And they're like, oh, well, of course I made a bad decision. I'm a teenager. It's like, mm, no, that is not okay. And so, yeah, we, we say young adults here and I have my, my oldest is 16, going to be 17 in April. And we do, we do one-on-one time with all of our kids every week. And it's something I definitely recommend to everybody, my clients and everything, and to make sure we have that connection, right? That connection point. And so every Tuesday and Thursday at nine o'clock, my, my husband goes to one room, I go to another. And then on Thursday we do the other two, but I was having one-on-one time last night and we were like, oh, 16. And then a friend of hers, a lot of her friends are turning 17. She's like 17 though. 17 just sounds, whoa, like I can't handle 17. That's too adulty. And I was like, yeah, I left home. Like I, that's when I left home and moved out to go to college when I was 17. She's like, stop it. Just stop it. You know? And so you can't just give them this, uh, enable this excuse factory for them when they are going to be on their own, making decisions, having experiences and having to push through and figure out things in a year, year and a half from now, you know, one-on-one time weekly. Yes. That is dedication. <laughs> and, and to set time aside for like, you, you know, and the kids know, Hey, it's my time to go chat with mom today. Time to go chat with dad today. And like, I'm thinking my four-year-old, my husband, it drives my husband bonkers. We still have to put him to bed and snuggle with him every night until he falls asleep. And then halfway through the night, he's in our room, in my, in our bed. And it drives, like I said, it drives Andrew crazy. 
I am more of the mindset like, eventually this is going to stop. I'm going to miss it. But right now it's my time to spend with him one-on-one. Especially since we had an 18-month-old, of course, 18 months ago. And now we have to share time with mom and dad. Mm -hmm. For him to still get that special time where we read books and we go through and ask and talk to him. And I call it story time. Whether we're reading stories or he's telling us stories, it's just his time to, to talk. And to get our undivided attention with no electronics right. um, is, a, is a big key. So I love that as one as one guideline. As far as setting up our family for success within that 65, 70 time period, what would be one more golden nugget that they could take away? Absolutely. So with setting up for success, you know, I can work with families that their kids are in elementary. A lot of uh, times I work with family that their kids are in middle or high school because that seems to be when a lot of times parents can look at a behavior or look at this pattern that's happening in their kids and be like, hmm, you know, that was super cute when they were four or when they were in second grade. It's not probably that great when they're in seventh grade and they need to start moving forward in this or, you know, our communication skills and things like that. So I work with families all over the, all over the spectrum, but it's communication. Communication has to be key because it's literally the root of everything, right? In order to, uh, discipline You have to have, and I'm not talking about consequence discipline. That's another conversation, right? What are proper uh, consequences? And they could be different for every kid. I mean, I have four kids and the way we discipline one is different than the way we discipline another because they're different people. They react differently. But I'm talking about growth discipline, teaching them how to go through that discipline bridge. Jim Rohn has a great uh, definition of discipline being discipline is the bridge between goal and accomplishment. And that's really where growth discipline comes in, right? You see something, you see a challenge, you see an obstacle, you make a plan, you commit to the plan and you get over it and you celebrate the outcome. And sometimes that outcome is a failure, but that's still a celebration because it's one step closer to a better outcome, right? And so understanding failure is a good thing. But in order to do that, you need communication in order to cast vision for them to, for that, in order for your child to see beyond just today, to see what's happening today and how it will affect the future, good or bad, whatever's happening, you need communication. Uh, vulnerability is huge. Vulnerability of being able to open yourself up to your kids. If they are 17 right now and you don't have all of these uh, things in place and maybe there's some friction in your home or some walls or some distance and you're like, you know what? I only have another year with you here at home, you know, about give or take. And I really want to make the most of that. And mostly I want to set you up for success in your future. So I, what can we do here? Like, how can I help you? what can happen. And then, you know, we have different options for that. So, but again, that takes communication skills and then resilience, teaching them how to rise up when they fall, because we're all going to fall. Like the harder you try, the more you're going to fall, the more often you're going to fall, the harder you fall. And in order to help and coach them rise up from that and have that resilience toward falling, have the resilience toward the millions of, um, 
intakes that are coming in to them every single day through school, through uh, social, uh, in-person social, virtual social, all the things, right? They need some resilience in there for them to know who they are so they can go out there and, you know, be uniquely them and not just taking all the you should, you should, you should be this or that from everyone else. So communication is definitely key. You said you said three things, communication, vulnerability, and resilience. So those would be three characteristics, we could call them, to start incorporating into our own personal lives, and that will impact our kids. And then I got half of this sentence written down. It was so good. I want to make sure it's right. Discipline is the bridge between goal and accomplishment. Mm-hmm. That's Jim Rohn. Yeah, the for so I really dive into and help families build what I call self-led leadership, right? Because whether you, whether your child is going to lead a company, a nonprofit, a you know a faith community, um, a, a their family, or just themselves, right? They need to have that inner leadership, that inner compass in order to get out there and fulfill whatever they want to are meant to fulfill. And in order to do that, there's that. The the four keys that I have for that are discipline, vision, vulnerability, and resilience. And that's that's what we teach them along the way. And discipline, mm-hmm. communication. Well, it's, it's uh, discipline, uh, vision, vulnerability, and resilience. Okay. Communication is needed for all of them. Yes. I keep forgetting number two. That's okay. Vision, vision, vulnerability, (laughs) and resilience. Yeah. And so, and of course you can, you know, I I break those down further. Like let's talk about core beliefs, right? Let's talk about what you're bringing in, what you want to, uh, what you want them to take out. Uh, Let's talk about mindset cycles. Let's talk about communication tactics, but even beyond that, how do you take in information? How do you project information? All of those things and doing this as a family, doing this work as a family really raises the ship, so to speak, for the whole family to work together toward a goal. And that goal is to work together better, right? To to have better vulnerability and discipline and leadership within themselves. And when a family can come together and work together that right there sets the child up so much more for with a strong foundation for their future because they know they can work with people right even through struggle right we've we've all seen sibling on sibling uh struggle that can happen there but they know that they can work with people they know that they can achieve an outcome they know the communication skills and how to be vulnerable and all of those things and that's the goal because if we can help the family we can change the world right? It all starts in the living room. My husband gets so upset and, and who, who doesn't, you know, <clears throat> with what's going on. And I always remind him, like, focus on what's inside our house. Yeah. Our home is the most important place. It has to be a safety net from the outside world. Mm-hmm. Okay. How to fight perfectionism and comparison to write your own story. Right. Well, and that really goes back to every family has their own fingerprint, right? And when we were, we moved after we had our, you know, big revelations and we moved halfway across the country to a state that we have no family in. Our nearest family is a thousand miles away. And people kept asking us, why are you moving? Like, why would you do that? And we're like, 
quality of life. Like it really was not that we wanted to get away from our families, but our family thrived as the six of us better here in our little coastal North Carolina small town than we did in any of the big cities that we ever lived in. But there's families that can say the opposite, right? Because every family is different. We have our unique uh, fingerprints and everything. But that took some time to realize it in not following up the uh, oh, you should, right? You sh- I just remember someone being like, your daughter is three and she's not in like gymnastics and soccer yet. And I was like, oh no, like, what am I doing? I'm doing like, I'm terrible. I don't have my kid. She's three and she's not in four sports yet and Girl Scouts and this and that, you know? And I was following the, the shoulds for a long time. And I remember when we were packing up our house to move out here, I, we realized we severely downsized to come here. And I realized that I didn't really care for like any of the decorations in our house. I was looking at these paintings that were up or the wall colors and everything. And I'm like, I don't even like any of this stuff. But it was just, you know, you go to a store and they're like, oh, you should put this and this pairs with this and this pairs with this. And you're just like, okay, sure. Sounds good. But it wasn't something we loved. And so in our house here, we have a rule that you know, we can get whatever we want, but only if we love it, right? Only if we love it. So we have a lot of mismatched stuff around here. I don't even know how many shades of wood I have in this house, but it is numerous. It is numerous. Like things do not match and it's beautiful and perfect. And so, you know, just idea, uh, just ideas like that and just understanding the herd is going this way, right? There's this herd mentality of you should, you should, you should, you should, uh, you should feel like this. You should think like this. You should decorate like this. You should, your kids should be in this school and do this thing and what have you. And you just need to stop and pause and say, wait a second, what do we actually want? Right? This is, this is my life. This is, uh, my husband and I's, you know, marriage. This is our entire family's family experience. What do we actually want to take out of this? It might be unconventional and it probably will be. And that's cool. That's great because this is your story. It's no one else's story. And don't let anyone else hold that pen, right? This is your story. Yeah. I'm guessing that with that move, you've had a lot of transitions with careers. No, because we both worked from home. (laughs) Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. We both worked from home, but we did start homeschooling in that transition. So that was a big, big change. Okay. I just know that there's listeners who are like, I'm I'm sitting here in this career. Mm. It's not what I thought it was going to be. I want to get to this island over here. What's my bridge? How do I do that? And whether it's a career or whether it's you just saying, this isn't the right spot place for our family to raise our kids. Let's take that leap and let's walk across the bridge to North Carolina, wherever that you were coming from. And having the simple courage to just take that step, knowing that you were doing so because your family would benefit from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And you just have to do it. We, my husband were on a uh, and I were on a date this past uh, Saturday. And well, first of all, dating uh, your spouse, always good, always recommended. Every Friday we go on a date. This happened to be just a friend of ours, loves to have our girls. And so all four of them were with her. And and so we went on a day date. Uh, so anyway, we were uh, we went there and in the car. We were just discussing the move that we took here. And we're like, you know, 
there was so many positives. We love it. It's almost been, um, it's been six years now. We're going into our seventh year and you know, this, 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 and this are positive. Are there some things that we miss? Are there some things that probably would have, uh, you know, been quote unquote better or, uh, different if we would have stayed? Yes. But we just looked at each other and said, we did what we did and we're not, you know, we're not sorry for it. We're happy where we are. And, our path is our path and we'll just see where we go. Right. And, and what happens, but just do it. I mean, when I was, um, I am not a homeschooled, uh, child by any means I was public school through and through. So was my husband. And so homeschool was never, never, never on our radar, but we started contemplating it. And that's a whole other story. But a, a woman came up to me and, she had homeschooled in the past and she was back at the public school. Uh, my kids were in public before we left and uh, we were in Indianapolis, by the way, the Indianapolis area. And, but she said to me, she said, you know, I am so glad that we did it. And my advice to you would be, if you have any inclination to do it, just do it. So you'll know, and you won't have to later on say, what if, I wonder what would have happened if we did do this, right? Because you don't want the what ifs. And so that piece of information or that piece of advice right there, I was like, okay, I'm going to try it. I'll try it for a year and we'll see how it goes. Now we're in year seven, you know, and, you know, just what if I don't want any of the what ifs I want to try and see if, you know, if it's in you, it's for you. I definitely believe that. And so if you keep getting this nagging feeling of maybe, 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 then just try it and see what happens. Life is full of change all the time and you can always change back or you can always change and uh, pivot again. Yeah. And I think so many within the last 18 months are thinking, hmm, (laughs) am I being forced to make this choice when I should have made it a long time ago? Yep. All right, Nellie, we could keep and talk about families forever. As we're (laughs) finishing up here, Give me this, talk to me about one family success that you've seen as you were helped navigate them from point A to point X. And I say <laughs> point, point X, X for a reason, because, <laughs> because if it's point A to point B, that's something that we anticipate. That's something that we want. What we don't realize is that when we bring in these other people, like when I brought in my mentor and I was like, okay, I'm going to pay you this amount of money. I want you to take me from, from point A to point B in three months. I really got from point X because I didn't even know that existed, but he brought it into my life and to where I was doing virtual medicine before it was cool to do virtual medicine, just because that's realistic for my family. Yeah. I didn't know that existed before that. So (laughs) point X for a reason. I love it. I love it. So I, let's see, I would probably bring up, I had a client that was having some issues with aggression with uh, one of their sons. And especially when it came to sports and uh, it was aggression during the sport, it was aggression uh, after the sport and then taking out, taking it out on siblings. And they really didn't know how to have these conversations, right. And how to bring up these things and how to preempt the situation in order to stay calm and really dissect what was going on. And so we went through, uh, my coaching program and I just loved getting these messages and they would just be like, Hey, 
I just wanted to let you know, we just had like this double header game and normally, you know, he would have been completely drawn out and we would have had a lot of issues during uh, the second game and on the way home. But he was like, you know what? I, I ate this, I drank this, you know, and I talked to the person that was um, bothering me and I was able to bring it up and stay calm. And I was able to focus on my game, which meant I did better, which meant I felt better, which meant I didn't melt down. And I mean, we're talking this, this kiddo was in late elementary and I loved the messages from his parents, but what was really great was the messages from him himself. And, uh, when he got to get on the coaching, uh, chats that we were doing, he was so attentive and he, he would really take it in and be like, okay, okay. All right, Miss Nelly, you know, and it was just so beautiful to see, but to know that as a fifth grader, he was getting and downloading all of this mindset work, all of this communication tactics, right? All of these, uh, his parents were downloading all of these impacts. I call them the inevitable impacts that are happening to your kids, whether you want to or not, intentional or not, right? Uh, good or bad or not, they happen. And so when you know that they happen, you can design them to have an outcome that you want. And so all of this, and he still has, you know, what, seven years at home before he even goes there. And I'm like, what a foundation that family is building for both of their kids in order to send him off later on. And he can only grow from those, you know, going forward in these next seven years. So those are my favorites when I get the messages, um, you know, from the, from the kids, whether they're, you know, 17 or 10 or eight or whatever, uh, just to know that that is making such a difference. And then the family experience was better later on in the car. There wasn't any of this uh, tumultuous yelling and all of this, right? They could go and enjoy a family experience. So it elevated them. Love it. Well, thanks for joining us. Make sure (laughs) you go follow Nellie on her Instagram at Nellie, N-E-L-L-I-E, Arden, like James Arden. (laughs) Facebook, follow, get inside the group at the 6570 project and check out our website, nellieharden.com. Yep, absolutely. Thanks, Nellie. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This was a great conversation. Feel empowered? Loved this episode? Help others find it by leaving a review. It's the best compliment I can receive. Then take your learning one step farther and discover what your normal labs really tell you by downloading the free cheat guide and register for the next three-day live challenge. Do it all at drkylieburton.com. Remember, there's a cheat guide and a three-day live challenge for those of you with medical background too. Take your practice beyond the diagnosis with your free downloads and challenge at drkylieburton.com. This podcast is sponsored by Systemic Formulas, Nutribiome, and Terra Consulting, Inc. Systemic Formulas is the supplement company I trust with my patients and family. Everybody can join them on Instagram at Systemic Formulas Institute. Practitioners jump inside their Facebook group. It's called Systemic Formulas Clinical Nutrition. Once inside the group, search my name and you'll discover videos on labs, supplements, and business tools. It's all free see you on the inside. Are you a practitioner ready to up-level your online presence? 
Tara is your girl. She is a brilliant mind behind my entire platform, my practice, and the BTD mastermind. From writing the copy to building the technical back end of my website to marketing strategy, I highly recommend you let her take your dream and make it a reality, just as she did for me. Get started here at TaraConsultingInc.com. That's T-E-R-R-A-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G-I-N-C.com. Be back next week.